The Spanish Announce Table. It is episode 389. I had to look at my notes of the Spanish wow. Announce Table. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, show me some energy. It is episode 389 of the Spanish Announce Table. Well, that's the one bit okay. of good news this week. <laughs> mm. You know There's what I mean? One bit of good news, yeah. yeah. There's been a whole lot of great news as of late in many realms of the but, world. Yeah, but there has been some great pro wrestling. And also, Tim, I think you might have it pulled up. I don't. But I did want to let people know in the Kansas City area, if uh, you want to go see a good pro wrestling show, got plenty of choices for you. Journey Pro, fantastic show. Uh, but another promotion, Central States Wrestling, is coming back to Kansas City, and they're bringing Ace Steel alongside his tag team partner and manager. Arn Anderson's the manager, his tag team partner, Brock Anderson. So you get Arn Anderson, Brock Anderson, and Ace Steel at Can- or at Central States uh, Pro Wrestling. And then you also get, for the first time in Kansas City, um, uh, Dak Draper versus uh, Mantel. Moonshine Mantel. Yeah, yeah, oh, look yeah. At that. I'm super All excited for that. Off the top that. of my head. Mm-hmm. All off the top of my head, as you could tell. Yeah, Central States Wrestling. Uh, this one is in August. Uh, I do not have it up yet, but. That's because I don't have to give you all the details yet because we may have a special guest next week. Not going to say quite yet uh, if we've got them yet because, you know, we've learned things fall through. So stay tuned throughout the week for full Uh details. But we're going to get a guest on to discuss that Central States wrestling card that does feature the enforcer, Arn Anderson, making this here, Kansas City, Horseman Country. Oh, yeah. Hey, it's Saturday, August 27th. Okay. And it's going to be... Uh, at the Camelot Ballroom yep. in Overland Park, Kansas, the Kansas City metropolitan area, both on the Kansas and Missouri side. It's an easy drive if you're in this area. But again, Brock Anderson, Ace Steel, Arn Anderson, Jeremy Wyatt, uh, Moonshine Mantel, Dak Draper, so many more. It's going to be awesome. It is going to be awesome. Uh, love those folks over there uh, doing their thing. And we've got a whole lot of pro wrestling to talk about. We had AEW's forbidden door we had aw dynamites blood and guts i think there was some of all of that and you know there's some wwe stuff to talk about as we do sure yeah sure our favorites uh but tom forbidden door we discussed this last week i didn't purchase the show i didn't watch the whole thing i watched bits and pieces i watched the matches later you know i kind of watched them as the night went throughout because the whole card just didn't speak to me a whole lot we kind of discussed this never really been a new japan watcher right so yeah it just never hooked me but you got this pay-per-view and you watched it front to back so why don't we mm-hmm. run down some highlights man why don't you tell me some cool stuff that happened of course i saw some i know some cool stuff that happens so i'll chime in here but i'd like to know so what, what, I, what from your yeah. perspective yeah so what i'll say first off is this event, now looking back in it at, in retrospect, I think it was more of an all-in type of pay-per-view. Remember that first all-in pay-per-view where it was like Kenny Omega versus Penta? They did the NWA Heavyweight Championship between Nick Aldis and Cody Rhodes. And it was yep. just kind of like no real stories, but isn't it cool that these people are in the ring together, right? That's kind of what this felt like more so than your traditional 
AEW all out, full gear, whatever it may be. This just felt like a standalone event of really incredible matchups, you know, dream type of matchups for certain segments of wrestling fans, more so than this is going to get the storyline from point A to point C. Like this is going to be that bridge to get us to the, the end of a great story. Wasn't necessarily that. It was just, wow, look at that. Tanahashi and John Moxley trading moves. That's pretty cool. Minoru Suzuki and Eddie Kingston went toe to toe and slapped the shit out of each other for a good three minutes. Like that's fun, but there was real no story behind it. Right. right? So uh, that's, that's what I thought after kind of consuming all of it and then digesting it and uh, reflecting on it. It was, it was a good standalone event, but again, we, me and you are Mm -hmm. more storyline based. So I think going into it, that's why we weren't so excited. Yeah. Now that said, they did infuse this with a lot of storylines. I mean, there was titles on the line, there was mm-hmm. rivalries, there was feuds. And so those are kind of the things that I did catch and caught my eye. And, um, I mean, they didn't fail, right? Like, I mean, it was good product that they put out there. I think everything we say is an AW mishap continue to be an AW mishap, um, in these shows yeah. and, you know, yeah. And again, the, the in-ring wrestling was good and more so at blood and guts was it a bigger factor than at forbidden door but again and i will say it every time because it's the big achilles heel of this company the producer the camera work whatever it is is just amateur hour it is so embarrassingly bad that you just i look it's like if we did this podcast uh with our macbook uh, microphones instead of real microphones like you know this one and the one you have right and so i just right. don't get right i just don't get how correct a company with that <laughs> much money that's spending money on talents like chris jericho cm punk brian danielson kenny omega you know the list can go on and on has camera guys that are just like what am i shooting tonight wrestling like like uh, ohio state versus iowa oh no 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 like Hulk Hogan stuff? Well, I don't know what to do there. Yeah, so and and I've wondered at times, you know, we've discussed how WWE is rigidly controlled to a script, right? Like this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. So, I don't want to say it's easier because it's not, but I mean it's they have a roadmap for the camera shots they need to be getting to some degree, right? For the major parts of the match. And with if AEW doesn't do that, as we've discussed, then maybe that's where some of it's missing. Albeit, I think you would resolve that. Well, maybe you don't resolve that. Another thing I've noticed, and this is more for when blood and guts happens, is sometimes, in addition to missing spots, AEW also gets spots that they shouldn't have caught, right? We catch a lot of talking, and I think you catch that with like a delay on your video, right? The audio can stream live. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there's a delay on the audio for to air, but... To match up, you have a little bit of delay because you can cut away from something that maybe you shouldn't have been on, and the, yeah. the viewer's never the wiser. So, uh, you know, little things like that. But I, I, you know, look, I'm sure they hire professionals. I don't want to sit here and tell somebody how to do their job. But mm, I, I wish sometimes look, we didn't see the things we saw, and sometimes I wish we saw the things we didn't see. Yeah, because look, I have worked for plenty of production companies that shoot mixed martial arts. Right, that is not scripted in the slightest, and Obviously, with pro wrestling, there's going to be things you don't want to see, right? The calling of spots, things like that. However, the production team at Invicta 
does not know if this fight is going to be a knockout on the feet or a submission on the ground. Right. So they are also just kind of on the fly and credit to the producer, Corey, maybe that's who AEW needs to hire uh, because he doesn't miss anything and he knows where to go and he knows how to do it. And he's funny the entire time too. That's another great thing is he actually makes it entertaining just to listen to on the headphones. But anyhow, nonetheless, that's just a big point that I want to point out is that both of these blood and guts and forbidden door were phenomenal in ring spectacles and subpar viewing experience. And so that's, that was the hardest part about it. I love spectacles. I do too. Speaking of, we had uh, some good old buy-in stuff at the forbidden door. One thing that was confusing from the buy-in. So Swerve and uh, Keith Lee, they win. They look like they're back on the same page. But then they did this match with Nick Camarado and Lance Archer. But it's for it's New Japan versus AEW. But, but both I thought, those guys are in AEW, but then they're not on a team that one of the guys is on. I know that's and then God. and then Lance Archer is in Suzuki Goon, which is right. New Japan. So is he representing New Japan here? But he's cashing a check from eight. Like the, whoop, that, I didn't get that part. But yeah, so the buy-in was fun. You got Max Caster. He got the crowd going with his rap. That was fun. We got look at this professionals here. Uh, you yeah. had Danhausen. The big thing from the buy-in that you got was Danhausen created a song for the Gun Club, aka Ass Boys, which yes. pissed them off. Which we'll get into in Blood and Guts. That was the big spot to remember from the buy-in on Forbidden Door. Yeah. Then, as we get into the Forbidden Door, this is where we get some fun. So again, we won't go into too much detail. But the first match, uh, I think the highlight. It was a six-man tag, Jericho, Suzuki, uh, Sammy Guevara, Eddie Kingston, Yuta, and Shoto Yumino. Uh-huh. Um, and I think there was somebody Mino- that works in catering was in on that as well. Possibly. Yeah. But the highlight here was Eddie Kingston and Minoru Suzuki saying, let's see, let's find out who's tougher. And that's you think just, you're tough? Like, bitch, you think yeah. you're tough? And just... It's a lot of slap Fantastic. fighting. <laughs> Now, I want to get your opinion on this. We saw Rapungi Vice versus the United Empire versus FTR with the ROH and IWGP Tag Team Championships on the line. FTR wins this. So we've got FTR representing New Japan, AAA, and Ring of Honor. FTR represents tag team wrestling right now. FTR is like the flag bearer for for all things tag team wrestling. And they're going all over the world being like, look at our dicks and just, just throwing it on the table. And I mean, it's, it's happening. You know what I mean? Like they're, I think they're helping at least draw attention to it. I I'm still waiting for who's the next big up and coming, like teams that will form to kind of make it sink in, you know? Um, because I mean, the young bucks are already there, but right. The young bucks aren't going to be doing the young bucks thing forever. Right. So who's, Who's in this resurgence of tag team going to come along that's like, you know, I mean, LAX is kind of like they're doing all these things with with the groups and stuff, right? So who is it, right? Like the Lucha Express is apparently dissolved. So Oh, I can't wait to get into yep. that. Right? Um, is it the ass boys? Is it the is it the acclaimed? You know what I mean? Says me daddy ass. Look, it's the acclaimed. <laughs> yeah. That's so the good. team. Because the acclaimed honestly, it, it's kind of uh, ironic i think that billy gunn is in this whole ass boys and acclaim thing because if you think of this as the tag team golden era for AEW, right 
the best friends, Santana and Ortiz, Young Bucks, FTR, uh, Lucha Bros, all of these teams, right? During WWE's heyday, you had APA, Hardys, Edge and Christian, uh, Dudley Boys. But then you also had the New Age Outlaws, which was, hey, we're going to get on the mic. You're going to remember what we're saying. You're here for the entrance. The matches you may forget, but you were going to hold some titles. We're going to be in there. And that's kind of what the acclaim feel like. Throw a like. few spots in there. And... Right. Yep. And that's kind of what the acclaim feel like in this, in this golden era yep. for AEW tag team. Great analogy. So I think give them the champion. I mean, look, we saw on uh, Blood and Guts, uh, Anthony Bowen is healthy now. So I, I think that's who well, you And they're with. hot, right? Like, I mean, yeah. everybody's into them right now. The scissor me thing is, scissor do you see the daddy-o. scissor signs where people had two scissors that were, I mean, it's so good. It, it doesn't best. make any sense, but it's so fun. No, <laughs> Love, it. Or, Love it. Because it came from the A down, because yeah. they acclaimed, and right. then Max Caster just does, and then it's like, you're fine. Yeah, it's scissor um, me <laughs> I, Now, I think with this, if I, again, if I had the pencil, as we like to do on uh, Spanish Announce Table, I think I would pencil them in for the Ring of Honor championships. I don't think they're ready for the AEW, right? I think that's where the FTR Young Bucks feud kind of, you know, hits its crescendo and kind of has their resolution. But uh, I think eventually you get, you're you going to have to have FTR lose some of these championships. And I think in Ring of Honor, a claim tag team championship would be you know, hand in glove. Kind oh, of and it's there. a whole host of other folks to drop some raps on, fine tune the yeah, things exactly. you're doing now. And maybe if Billy Gunn is their guy moving forward, is mm-hmm. you know, hint, hint, you know, foreshadowing. Yeah. Um, love the acclaim though. I, they're yeah, they're so fun. They're awesome. So, what do you think about as we move kind of again more to the highlights? We had our first ever All Atlantic Champion crowned. Pac defeats Malachi Black, Miro, and then uh, late replacement Clark Connors. Hawk is your first all Atlantic champion. What do you think is going to happen with this title and this kind of championship reign? I mean, great, right? If you're going to pick, hey, here's a new champion. Who's going to hold it? Pac is great, right? Uh, Pac can do all the things. I just feel like this is a new belt for the spot that Pac was on on the card, right? Like, and I mean, great. And maybe it'll throw in a few extra stories here and there. I mean, usually if, if it's done well, it's a tool to kind of get a story where where there was no other story, right? And mm-hmm. Pac, we've done the thing with all these, you know, kind of, you know, he's in the, what do we call it, the death triangle. Everybody's got everybody's got a group that they've got that's kind of dark now all of a sudden, right? There's the dark order, there's the death triangle, there's the house of black, and they're, you know, they're yeah. just, yeah. you know, and so none of it, you know, and the, the Lucha Bros are suddenly also, you know, like, mm-hmm. and so I just... Yeah, you know what I mean? It's overdone a little bit, and it doesn't really mean anything to me anymore. So if we can get him doing something where he's defending against somebody else and we can just kind of single in and get some Pac promos on some guys and then him, you know what I mean, spinning his 12 abs all over the place to do that finisher and whatnot, you know, then great. Why not? Well, so the thing that I thought was the most interesting besides the first champion being crowned is you somewhat predicted this going into this match, but it looks like possibly – we're going to get a feud of Malachi Black, a.k.a. the House of Black. Maybe it's just him or the entire faction taking on Miro. So, I mean, are you excited about this? Yeah, I mean, how could this not be great, right? Miro is on a feud with God, and he is, when I say he's in a feud with God, he is eyes on the prize, you know, looking past the obstacles, 
all the football, you know what I mean, isms mm-hmm. you can throw out there, he is singularly focused on getting to God. And God, in Miro's world here, this is, you know, don't at me when I say this, God is a bitch, and he keeps throwing obstacles in, in my way because he knows that he can't beat me, and you add Kurt Angle to the mix. All right, you get what I'm saying? Like, he's just he's just out of his mind delusional with this feud with God, but here is now maybe some people that are also out of their mind delusional, right? And and to him, it's these are the devils you have put in my way, you know? And yeah, who knows what the Malachi Black side of it means, but, yeah, I'm excited yeah. for this. And he got the mist in the face, and we've seen in the past when you get a mist in the face, like you said earlier, uh, Penta went from uh, Penta El Zero to Penta Escuro or whatever it is, where he's dark Mr. You know, Dungeons yep. and Dragons kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And then we had, uh, what's her it's name? Graveyard Penta. Yeah, Graveyard Penta. But then we also had the the lady. Julie the Hart. Julia Hart. Yeah. Now she's all Not of the hearts. black. But like now she's all black and you know, in her goth phase. So does that mean Miro is going to go in his goth phase? Right? I mean, it should like, be interesting. Oh yeah. man. Uh, Miro is the best with this and I'm excited for it. I'm yeah, really Miro's super awesome. excited for it. Um, all right, let's keep hitting some highlights here. Next up. Sting was great. Jumped off another high balcony, oh. which he needs to stop doing. Yeah. So let's, let's discuss that. I've got a tweet the table that, uh, okay. that, and then I've got another tweet table that we missed. Actually, let's, we were stuck on that match. Let's hit that back real quick. Okay. At Devil Vamp said, what a match by those tag teams. FTR and Dax are awesome. Oh, my shoulder's fucked up? I don't care. Tape it up and send me back out to put on a clinic. Hashtag tweet the table. And, yeah, I mean, we didn't even discuss that part of, of FTR. Well, so I think I maybe got worked because I thought it was legit. The way he sold that and went to the back and then had a taped up shoulder and even said later, I had a separated shoulder. I feel like you think it was a well, because then if you go to Wednesday night and forbidden door or excuse me, uh, blood and guts, then they're tagging with Danhausen, And I feel like if you had a separated shoulder management might give you the week off. Right. And he didn't have that, you know, any impingement. Maybe management might give you the week off, Tom. Well, they should. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they should give all people with a separated shoulder the week off. So we'll see. Um, Now, uh, moving on to what you were saying here with Sting at Katie First Lady said, is it in Sting's contract that he has to take the leap of faith every time now? Hashtag forbidden door. Hashtag tweet the table. Are we overdoing it? No, I think he loves it. I think this is his thing now. I think as much as the young bucks do the super kick, Sting's like, this is my thing. I'm jumping off because if if you were to give him a bit of truth serum, right? Mm-hmm. I think he goes, man, everyone here fucking loves me. I get the biggest pop when I do this. I know they're going to catch me because they think I am an icon. So I got nothing to lose here. I'm mm-hmm. fucking diving, <laughs> right? Like it's a win-win for Sting. Uh, he said, so I think what are they gonna fuck- he said what, what's there to lose? What are they going to do? I'm fucking Sting. <laughs> 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 I mean, that's really kind of yeah. what I think he's thinking. Now, who knows? I will say, though, that was the big first highlight of the match. But, and I tweeted this at table show uh, while we were live tweeting during Forbidden Door. But now the sting no sell is the best thing in the world. And here's why. So he, he no sells. It's double super kick from the young bucks. 
somewhat. And this is the part that I like is he gets kicked and then he comes back. He pounds his chest. He gives a clothesline, but then he falls down. Right. He's not doing the, now I'm going to pick you up and I'm going to move you over here. It's he a like, shot of adrenaline. Has- Exactly. Which is which is a real thing. Like that can really happen, right? You can get that oh, shot yeah. of adrenaline. You can fucking throw hands yeah. and then like you get dizzy and fall down, fall yeah. over. Right? Yes. Exactly. So I like that. That's the part that he's doing. He's not doing the Goldberg no sell, where it's like, and then I'm going to take you. It's into not the, the Hogan. I mean, for all yeah. things. I mean, you know. I yeah. mean, that was iconic. How Hogan would no sell. Right. Out of nowhere, all of a sudden. But like, it's not that. Right. It's not cheesy to the point of like, well, this isn't real. Yeah, it's updated to 2022. In the 1980s, that worked for Hulk Hogan, and that was fun. But now in 2022, that doesn't necessarily work. So Sting's tweaked it a little bit to where it's believable, but also still, you know, one of the funnest parts of the night. And if you're watching Uh, live before Tom continues on with Forbidden Door, uh, join into the chat with us like Theo did here uh, on our Twitch. We're simul streaming on Twitch and the YouTube uh, just look for Spanish Announce Table or Spanish Announce Tube on the YouTube. Uh, he says, "Lol, Hogan no sells." Yeah, I mean those were. You know, looking I back, it was so you know, much fun. Like, oh, oh, so fun when you're a kid, right? And you mimic yeah. it, and you're like, "Yeah," because you wanted to be that. You wanted to do that. You wanted to overcome the punches to your face and say, "You're not hurting me. I'm bigger mm-hmm. than your pain." And oh my god, it was the best. Uh, yeah, it was great. But again, 1980s. You also had. You know, Top Gun is the number one movie. Mm-hmm. Like that wouldn't happen in 2022. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so the next, uh, okay. So I won't really cover the match, but Thunder Rosa retained over Tony Storm. So we continue the Thunder Rosa title yeah. reign. What do you think about that? Yeah, fine. I mean, like I, I think for me, the there's a bit of still lack of storytelling on the women's side to where it didn't matter who came out the winner in this. Like, there's going to be the same thing going on either way. So I was like, yeah, whatever, as long as the match is fine. And it was good. It was a very good match. The thing that I will credit AEW on is not putting it before the main event. We still had three matches after this. So credit to them for thinking of the women. So that's what I liked the most about it, besides the action. The action was really good. I thought it was interesting that um, that uh, Jessica Simpson, old Tony Storm, just lost clean. Right. That it wasn't mm-hmm. Jade Cargill comes out or, you know, any other Nyla Rose, someone cost her the match. And then Thunder Rosa just happens to get the victory. That's what I thought was interesting. Um, but yeah, Thunder Rosa still is your women's champion in AEW. And then we got what I thought was the match of the night. We had Orange Cassidy versus Will Ospreay for the uh, IWGP US title. This was just the weirdsmobile fun moments of the night. You had Orange Cassidy mocking will osprey with the fist on the ground and the hand behind him you had will osprey um um poking fun at orange cassidy with his hands in his pocket orange cassidy loses the match which i think was still the right call will osprey retains his title then they try to beat him up and we get old man shibata the crazy you know for as much as murder grandpa is minoru suzuki uh murder senior uncle is Shibata because he's not a spring chicken, 45 years old. He comes out there, cleans house, and then you get the orange Cassidy puts the glasses on Shibata, who's Mr. Serious. That was fun. I thought this was a good you want to show someone who may just be curious of what AEW is, check out this match. They might get a kick out of it, right? So that was good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. And then let's get into some oh, so now let's get into the surprise of the night air quote surprise of the night as you predicted i did not 
Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. took on Claudio Castronoli, and Claudio gets the VIN. Nailed it. Uh, gets the VIN. Gets the, is it Castronoli? I don't know how Castagnoli. you say Castagnoli. Oh, Castagnoli. Whatever. Claudio uh, Spaghetti. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. But Claudio I, gets the victory here. Right. Yeah, I think it, it just, to me, like, it, it kind of was, I don't know, just felt like it was going to be the Claudio spot. Like, yeah, when really you thought, referenced that I called it, right? Yeah. yeah, I really thought, okay, first off, I still will hold to the fact that I think the better spot was to bring someone who's lower on the card to a more main event sure. feature. Right. And again, Jonathan Grisham. Don't disagree with that. Fit, yeah. mm-hmm. Jonathan Grisham kind of fits that role best. Claudio coming in. Look, there's not enough real estate TV time wise to get all these people in. So I don't know what we're doing, but I I just, because then we go into blood and guts and what's the motivation for Claudio to like really beat the shit out of Jake Hager or any of them. Now that one, like, I mean, yeah, we didn't get a whole lot of story, but like I can make the jump in my mind to just being like, well, I mean, he was recruited to the team. They were like, hey, you're just going to, you know what this is. It's brutal. We're ready to beat the shit out of someone. And he's like, fuck yeah. I love to fight. Wouldn't it have been right? better? Wouldn't it have been better if his debut match, he gets, you know, the victory taken away oh, from sure. him because yeah. of. Oh, 2. there's a 0. whole bunch of ways better, right? It yeah. didn't, to me, it didn't not make sense. It was just like, all right, well, it was easy, right? It was, or it was left to me to figure out. That's yeah. one thing. Yeah. Because that's one thing I will say that I'd like to see more of is variety of debuts, right? Adam Cole makes his debut. Well, he made it during like the end of a pay-per-view, but the matches at least. Brian Danielson won his debut and Adam Cole won his debut and Claudio won his debut. And it's like, hey, I'd rather someone has to fight their way to earn their spot. You know what I mean? They lost. They thought they were going to come in as the hot shot. Oh shit, now we got to come back. More like an Eddie Kingston, right? Eddie Kingston comes in against Cody, loses, perseveres gets signed and now he's the biggest star in the company uh, i think so. del sol right exactly now mm-hmm. not that bad but yeah a little bit just again he could have lost this match which then takes away the who will be the first person to beat him we get that already taken out of the way right because yeah. zach saber jr did it and then we get his motivation for a blood well, yeah and just for me the cesaro thing like it didn't fit all that great because the club is supposed to be this like we're gonna teach the young kids right you know what i mean how to use mm-hmm. violence to differentiate themselves and get themselves ahead basically because we love this sport and it's it's losing the violence of it well because that's so, one thing you know to bring claudio up. didn't fit that right like and i think you even tweeted you were like oh yeah the 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 uh the time honored wrestling move the swing <laughs> right yeah, like, yeah yeah the great mm-hmm. technical move of mm-hmm. the big swing yeah you know that's straight out of Coco Beware and now yeah. we're gonna act like <laughs> this is Brian Danielson and John Moxley type violence like come right. on right yeah it just doesn't uh, fit that group for me right now the only other name I could think of also was Johnny Gargano and I was like well he didn't fit it either out of those two mm-hmm. it was like yeah, Cesaro fits it's that better, better Claudio right yeah, yeah if you Cla- if, Claudio if you, right. Yeah, if you give me Claudio or you give me Johnny Gargano for this role in uh, Blackpool Combat Club, I'm going Claudio. However, I think now what brings this weird conundrum in the group is it felt like 
John Moxley identified, or excuse me, Brian Danielson initially identified Willer Yuta as the young talent that they need to take to get to the next level. So they both beat the shit out of him. He earns their respect. He's in the group. So now does Claudio do that as well? Now does he identify a talent? And it's like, all three of us are beating the shit out of you or all four of us. Cause you got Willer here too. So then you get in that way. It's like, no. yeah, I don't know. Well, and to me, it could just be like, they could say like, they were like, they could say like, we brought this in to be another, a lead by example for you, Wheeler. Like this is a guy whose only missing piece was getting to this level of violence. So we're going to show him and then you could see, you know what I mean? Like, like, Maybe. Know, like, you know what I mean? Like here's a more close to finish product, right? So you can see it in action yeah. and then they're getting on him when he starts to do the swing, they come out and they're like, you fucking slit his throat, you know, fucking throw him around, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Now, see, that's if it fit what they said it was supposed to be, but I don't feel like they've made it what it's supposed to be. They haven't really addressed it in that way anymore. Yeah, I I wish more that this group was the two elder statesmen is John Moxley, Brian Danielson, and all they're doing is looking to the future. So they're grabbing Dante Martin and Daniel Garcia and Willer Yuta and fucking even maybe the ass boys, right? Like, and they're like, fuck all this comedy shit. You're going to learn how to beat yeah, someone. You guys up, are right? ass and we're going to show you. Exactly. How, and how so beat some ass, but now it's just like, but it's just three X WWE guys and a young boy and Wheeler. Yeah. And Wheeler. <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah. So it took a pivot that I wasn't really wanting, but it happened, right? Uh, so let's move on. Then we got the IWGP world title match. This was a fantastic match until the end. Apparently, uh, Adam Cole Bay Bay uh, took a strike strike to the head and got a concussion. Boom. And they kind of went right to the finish. Uh, so yeah. it looks like he's out. Right, here's the other thing. Um, Hangman. So yeah. he doesn't take the pin. However, he's beaten up from this whole match, right? The Young Bucks come out. Jay White kind of, they kind of, him, right? They go to check on Adam Cole. And if you had to pay attention, you would have seen what the Young Bucks did. But again, the TV missed it. Production missed it. But the Young Bucks start to walk over to Hangman. And I can't remember who it was, but someone pulls them and is like, no, check on Adam Cole. Maybe it was one, the other one, right? One of them did, and the other one pulled him back. What do you think about this? Is this the and the Young Bucks did a promo at Blood and Guts saying like all our friends are hurt except for one, but then they didn't mention who that one was. Is this Hangman or is this Kenny Omega that they're talking about? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. Maybe Omega. Man, I I really would like to know what the next thing in the Hangman saga is because I feel like it needs to be something focused if you're going to maintain him as this main event level player like he has yeah. to be going through something right now right or a, or somebody's got to be an uber thorn in the side of a high level right like it's mm-hmm. got to be not just somebody that we're like oh yeah they're an aw2 i forgot about that it's got to be something intense right like he, you can't do the blackpool combat club because it's too new right but there's got to be like a major force in his way that he has to i think in. I think Hangman still has unfinished business with a group that's deteriorating by the month, and that's the Dark Order. I think maybe flirt with the idea that Hangman goes heel and doesn't think that he needs the Dark Order assistance anymore. He kind of 
starts pushing them to the side to the point where he gets upset with them. And then he's having good matches with Colt Cabana. Cause that's, you know, or 10 and you then have him kind of go through this trial by fire of like realizing who the fuck is really in his corner. The thing I don't necessarily want is just the rehash of, Hey, they were in the bullet club together at one time. Yeah. Like, don't want yeah, that. man. Well, and I don't want, cause we just addressed this too. I don't want hangman to like, we, a long time ago, we wanted this hangman leads the dark order. He starts becoming a little bit of a dark cowboy, right? But I just referenced everybody's doing the dark. Everyone's thing. dark. I can't do well, that. But it can be a little bit different than dark spooky. It can be Blackpool adjacent where it's like, hey, Dark Order, you want to know why you're not getting TV time? Yeah. You want to know why I was champion? It's because you guys act like cowards. Mm. Like we're going to teach you how to fight. Get rid of that mask tin. And you know what I mean? Like well, there's, well so the Dark Order with a dark cowboy leading it can be think Western, right? The, mm-hmm. the cowboy in black. Right, yeah. maybe lurking in the shadows, doing doing the evil villainous things, right? So you could have him, oh, leading, right? The yeah. Dark Order in that regard, right? And then have them, oh, with the Western thing, you got some fun shit. You could have them kidnapping people. Remember, like uh, uh, the fucking Dexter Loomis was doing in um, NXT with like taking Austin Theory and stuff. The Dark Order could do that to some people with Hangman calling the shots. And then again, that's when his ego can get out of control. Right. Someone then has to bring it down. And then we get Hangman back to the white cowboy, yep. white horse cowboy. Well, and you know. I mean, first of all, the first thing you do is you free the Dark Order from the evil manipulation of the Hangman. And then you have him, you know what I mean? Right. Like go have through whatever. To Jesus come back. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's, but again, I, I liked that the young bucks flirted with the idea of maybe reconciling with hangman. Obviously when he beat Kenny Omega, the young bucks kind of gave their nod of approval. So I think we have to revisit that when Kenny Omega comes back. I just don't think two years more or less of hangman and the young bucks, Kenny Omega thing is necessarily the best thing to do for all these people involved. It won't lead to a spectacle and we love spectacles. We love spectacles. Now, Speaking of spectacles, we got an interim AEW world champion crowned. John Moxley beats Tanahashi up and mm-hmm. takes the title. And then afterwards, we get, uh, which will lead into blood and guts, the JAS coming out. And they beat up on everyone, which then brings out Claudio because he's now a Blackpool Combat Club. <laughs> and we instantly got what I thought was the best part of this whole thing. Eddie Kingston saying, I don't like that guy. I don't like that fucking guy right there. I don't like Get that fucking guy. I don't like that fucking guy. <laughs> I love that moment. Um, so that was interesting, right? Because they referenced yeah. that Eddie Kingston and Claudio have history in yeah. other organizations. Yep. Excalibur even mentioned it on the Blood and Guts. He said these guys hate each other, even when they yeah. were maybe not looking like they hated each other in the moment on top of the cage. But good on Excalibur for trying to, like, you know. Yeah, make that trying to, hey, they to got the victory. Right. Let's kind of, yeah, get, get, the, they're, they're in a moment of glory. They're not thinking of their rivalry, right? right like, yeah. it's one of those Well, things. they're saying, like, there's, there's some tension there still. Like, watch out, because that's got to be coming, right? I, I think, so, you know, yeah. Let's, let's work backwards. Let's go mm-hmm. right into the main event of Blood and Guts, which was the Blood and Guts match. You had the Jericho Appreciation Society taking on Santana Ortiz, Eddie Kingston, and the Blackpool Combat Club. First off, what did you think of just Blood and Guts 2? Was this more impressive than Blood and Guts 1? Yes. What did you like? I, I liked it better for Blood and Guts uh, than Blood and Guts 1. Um, mm-hmm. 
<laughs> the JAS is good about coming out looking like a boy band. Like you really don't want to like these guys at all, right? Like, oh, Daniel Garcia so... when he walked into the ring wearing a do rag yeah. was just the most obnoxious thing you could looking do. like Vince like, McMahon yeah. out there with it. Yeah. Um, well, they even reference. I think it was like Jr. when he was like. He's like, hey, convince Jake Hager to wear that outfit. Like, he's a good salesman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. And then just the crowd was so into it, right? I mean, all the intros for everybody uh, on the other side were killing it. And then just the match. I mean, Santana got hurt, which is unfortunate, and that kind of threw everybody for a loop. And this is where we got some of – so I want to give them a little bit of credit. This is where we got some of the, like, like hey, there's a lot of talking going on here. But I think you could kind of see – Word starting to spread to each of the performers like, hey, fuck. You know what I mean? Like Santana's out. Don't like, touch him. Right. And his spots need to be right. taken over by Yuda or right. Moxley or whatever it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Whatever they do there. And so, I mean, I want to give him a little bit of credit there. But like other than that, like just the spots, the way they worked to the top. Um, and I kind of appreciate it, too. It was reinforced up there. I don't know if you know, like the spots where mm-hmm. they needed to be wasn't going to fall through. So good on them for that. Well, and again, I hate to bring up a criticism because I love this show and I also love Forbidden Door so much. Uh, but we had a spinoff of this feud with Tay Conti and Ruby Soho because they did a fantastic job of kind of telling you what this story was with the video package, which featured Ruby Soho mm-hmm. saying like, Eddie Kingston trusts three people. I'm lucky to be one of them. So Tay Conti tries to intervene in this matchup by letting Jericho out of the cage Ruby Soho comes out. So now we get Ruby Soho to do something. Tay Conti does something. So that's a great fun spinoff yep. from mm-hmm. this match. And then, yes, all of the spots were great. Uh, Angelo hanging upside down, blood coming yeah. out of his forehead, looked like a reverse uh, crucified. The, the One of my favorite spots was he's getting beat up in the corner and he like looks directly in the camera and he just like grabs it and pulls it <laughs> into the other guy. <laughs> It's perfect. So good. That's like you see the do. realization in his eyes. I was like, that was great. Like, you know, he'd been like, Hey, I got this spot idea. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so great. It looks and so fun. Matt Menard took skewers to his forehead oh. from John Moxley. Because again, let's not forget the GC. Mr. Magic. Heavyweight right? Is that what it is? Whoa. Mr. Magic. Yeah. Matt Menard. Yeah. Is that what it is? I forget what Magic the, Man, Matt the, Menard, whatever. Sure. But the, the champion of GCW is a guy that puts skewers in your head, John Moxley. So I like that he brought some GCW into this matchup because that's what GCW is known for right yeah. now. I mean, other than ultra violence, the skewer thing is yeah. kind of their thing right now. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, I did like how they worked their way to the top. The big swing, even though the big swing is an obnoxious move. Yeah, that's but up more there it was like, wrestling move. yeah, right. that's up there. Like, throw that motherfucker really off. Um, I thought yeah, that was If he fun. like trips and falls, like, yeah. That's a scary spot. I was like, maybe we move that to the middle, guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of getting thrown off, though, we get the big spot. Sammy Guevara gets thrown off from Eddie Kingston. What would you think that, of that? That one. Credit to Sammy Guevara for f- executing this fall perfectly, right? Like, mm-hmm. because when he first lunged him off and he's head down, I was like, fuck. And he... You know what I mean? Just laid out in a full like body turnover and just landed perfectly on that spot. I was like, wow, that this is better, right? Sammy Guevara can do the in-air movements for a fall like this to land more safely than the last time we go. did this, right? Yeah. Um, but man, what a spot too. And I mean they they did it well, right? 
Castanoli looked like he legit was just like yeeted the motherfucker right off of the table. <laughs> you know what I mean? Eddie he was Kingston. just like, oh yeah, it was Eddie Kingston. That's right. Yeah, Eddie Kingston did that part, right? Yeah, because he's yeah. like, you stupid motherfucker, right? Yeah. And then he right, that's right. It was Eddie, right? But he just literally like just took his arm, and was like, see ya. And just, you know what I mean? Just one movement. Like, it wasn't an overdramatic thing. It was like, get the fuck off of here. And he well, fucking fell like, you know what I mean? It looked natural. It was great. I loved it. And another thing that I thought was great, and again, you're, you're seeing it right between us here, Eddie Kingston, oh. is so many times with the big spot, the other guy, whoever that is, right? So, like, when Shane McMahon got thrown off by Undertaker, Undertaker, or no, excuse me, Shane McMahon jumped off. But I think it was... Who someone recently just got thrown off? I think it was maybe Sami Zayn by Kevin Owens. Yeah. Anyhow, let's even go back to the most historical one: uh, Undertaker throwing Mick Foley off. Right. The other guy typically then goes like and break. Right. Like right. they're just going like, hopefully that guy's fine. But let's yeah, take a break. The camera is on the dead guy. Yeah, but Eddie Kingston pulled the like this was fun, right? Like he could have legitimately been hurt, but Eddie Kingston is thinking. The story is I'm happy that he's hurt. So he gives you that sinister smile that you're seeing right now. Uh, if you're watching the YouTube. Yep. Um, and I thought that was another great detail and why I think honest to God, Eddie Kingston is the best pro wrestler in all of pro wrestling is because of little things like that, mm-hmm. where he says people are going to look at Sammy, oh. but they're also going to see what I'm doing and I'm going to yeah. be, if we were listing the top five right now, Eddie Kingston's number one, easy on the list. Uh, in, oh, in yeah. my, you know, like top five of who's your favorite right now. Um, on our Twitch chat, Theo said, yeah, throw him over the top rope and see ya. And then he said, flips off T-Mac. I don't know if he's got some, you and Theo got a beef going on. Bring it. Come to Kansas City. <laughs> Find anytime. No, a great spot. Uh, it, Man, yeah, God, that was fun. And I legit, right when he threw him off, I was like, Woo! like for a second until I saw Sammy kind of, you know what I mean, continue the motion and lay out. I was like, all right. Woo. For a second, I was like, so, oh, no, he killed him. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, so no. now let's get into the the finish of this match. Because, again, there was violence everywhere. Everyone had blood. John Moxley did his part. Willer did his part. Santana and Ortiz had their fun. But we get to the end. And Eddie Kingston has that submission that he got Jericho to tap out with at the pay-per-view, which started mm-hmm. this whole thing. Yep. But behind him, Claudio has the sharpshooter on the weakest member, I guess you could say, of the JAS. And he taps before Chris Jericho does, which then doesn't give the satisfaction of Eddie Kingston getting Jericho to quit. Yeah. What do you think? Is this the so, start of Claudio and Eddie Kingston, or what do yes, we get from here? Yes, I think a lot of this was done a little bit poorly in the aspect of like we didn't get like you could tell Eddie was kind of like, is it done? Like the you know what I mean? Like there was no bell ring, right? They missed that kind of thing or whatever. But going I think on. that was the point. I think it was yeah. the Eddie Kingston doesn't get the revenge. He right. still didn't. Oh yeah, get- no, and we're still getting there. But I think like even he kind of like I think he didn't know like it's time to to pull the spot right like it's time to be like like i think they were i think they missed something there and then the announcers were trying to put that in there without you know i mean it just felt forced right like i think i would have let their emotions play out more so but maybe like you said maybe eddie was like fuck i can't get up right now just give me a second so then they kind of had to roll in with that but yes it is that he's going to be like it's going to be great because We've talked about this where the real aspect of Eddie Kingston as the everyman hero is that 
is that Eddie Kingston is deeply flawed as mm-hmm. well, right? So he's going to be like, you motherfucker, you stole my spot. You did that on purpose. You knew it was my spot. And he's going to be like, dude, we were winning a match. What are you talking about? And he's going to be like, no, you know what I'm fucking talking about because it's fucking you and you're a dick. And, like, he, Eddie Kingston's kind of right, right? Like, he's going to be kind of right. But in that moment, everybody's going to be like, dude, relax. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't the time. He's going to be like, no, fuck him. He's a dick. And they're going to be like, notwithstanding, though, but you're wrong here. Like, he needed to win the match. Was he not going to put the guy in the fucking sharpshooter mm-hmm. or whatever, right? Like, yeah. that's stupid. Like, what if you pass out? Like, he needs to be winning, too. And they'll be like, fuck him. <laughs> right? Like, that's what we connect to because that's real. Like, we have these emotions that we can't really fully explain, right? That's why we, that's why we all need therapy. Yeah. Well, and that's where I think this is what's the best attribute of Eddie Kingston is no program feels like a start stop, right? It doesn't feel like uh, we went from this to now to this. Everything is just a continuous momentum of him, right? And now we went into this to where I think you're going to get Eddie Kingston almost jealous and envious that Claudio got the win when this all started with me, Eddie Kingston, and I needed to be the one that put the exclamation on the feud. I needed to be the one. And now he starts to get psychotic and almost starts alienating himself from a John Moxley right. from uh, Santana and Ortiz. And now maybe we go right into a heel turn and he's going psychotic and thinks everyone's out to get him and no one has his back. And that kind of makes sense. But then it's like, you took it too far, Eddie. And that's relatable. Like you said. So yeah. this is where the fun thing happens Or another pivot you could do is Claudio maybe goes, Hey, we all know I'm better than you. I, we needed to finish this. I wasn't going to wait for you and old man Jericho to go another 45 minutes. So I put a pin in it and we got the win. So let's move on. Yeah. And then he kind of goes like, ain't I the savior of blood and guts? And then Eddie Kingston can do is I told you yeah. motherfuckers, this is the guy who, and he sucks. can even say the things you said, but be like, and yes, I did steal the spotlight because like, you left it open to be stolen because you weren't getting the job done. Right. Right. This is the stuff we've never seen from Claudio Castillo. This is the stuff I'm talking about. So maybe that yeah. Blackpool Combat Club can get more out of that, right? Like, let's put him in situations where it's not just like where he's got to get over in a singular feud with mm-hmm. one guy, right? I think the Eddie Kingston thing will help to spark it, but, like, we've got all the other players in and around that are connected that will help with this. Oh, I mean, we could have a lot of fun here because then the other person that's – kind of the link that connects them is our interim heavyweight champion, John Moxley. And if he's put between a rock and a hard place, what is he going to do? Choose this new combat club that he's has his allegiance to, or his best friend, Eddie Kingston, who saved his life in the death match a couple years ago. Right. And so then we could, I mean, this is the fun part about it. You could write it to where you could run back John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston's Eddie Kingston with the roles reversed. Eddie Kingston mm-hmm. now is the baby face. John Moxley is the one who's turning his back to him. And Eddie Kingston's the one saying, I told Renee that I'd never let you get this egotistical. I told Renee. And then, you know, John Moxley's doing the thing like you don't say her name and like turning his back kind of like how Eddie did when they did that promo yeah. before the I quit match. Yeah. I mean, we could have so much. Oh, fun. I mean, he's got. Yeah, he's telling him like he's telling Moxley like you know you're you're gonna side with this Blackpool Combat Club. Like I've been in combat with you. Are these people gonna stab a guy in the throat with a beer bottle in a bar? No, no, they're not. But you know, I did that allegedly, exactly. and so <laughs> you know, like I mean, that's yeah. like, oh, that would be great. 
Yeah, that this is where again we have so many different angles. And with AEW storytelling, again, three years in, they've yet to tell a real dud outside of Cody and Anthony Agogo. But other than that, hey, Cody ain't there anymore. Yeah. Um, other than that, they've anywhere kind of right hit, now. <laughs> yeah, but they've at least hit doubles, if not home runs, with all their storylines. So this is where you get Eddie Kingston, Claudio, John Moxley, William Regal could in, insert himself some way as well. I'm most excited going forward with what happens from here with this whole fallout and then Jericho appreciation society, they'll be fine. Jericho can then, you know, bump into uh, the best friends. Yeah. He can go back with orange Cassidy, anyone he wants. He he can bump into Keith Lee, have Keith Lee and Jericho. There you go. All right. That'd be fun. Okay. Yeah. Well, cause, cause here's the thing. One thing I didn't want to necessarily, uh, it stuck out to a sore, like a, like a sore thumb to me, but I didn't necessarily want to harp on it too much, but going back to forbidden door and going to blood and gut. Well, no, excuse me, just forbidden door. Uh, there was no black people on the main card. Ooh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it's a lot of white dudes and I get yeah. it. They're good, but, and I get the new Japan, but I'm saying of AEW. Um, so that's not great. So that's why I'm saying elevate Keith Lee to a Jericho status and get him over a little bit more. Yep. Yeah. You could do that. Yeah. It's like what came to mind was Wardlow. Let's say Wardlow wins the U S title. Then Jericho comes stiff around. He's like, I want that one. Yeah. And Wardlow's that's like, easy. nah. And then you got six dudes being like, no, he wants that one. And, and we he's appreciate like, okay. That he wants it. And he's like, okay, fine. And then, yeah, he gets to feud yeah. with them for a little bit. Yeah. That would be perfect. Yeah. Right. Cause but next Keith week- Lee could do a similar thing. Like the exact yeah. kind of thing. Yep. But next week, speaking of Wardlow, we get a street fight, Wardlow versus champion Scorpio Sky for the TNT championship. That should be fun. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's reset and go all the way back to the start of this show. We talk, So we talked about the one hour main event, Blood and Guts, but it kicked off with Orange Cassidy taking on all ego Ethan Page. I absolutely loved every single thing about this yeah. from Dan Lambert's uh, promo to him kicking out the best friends because they don't have a manager's license to the finish being a body slam. It was, uh, it was great. Yeah, Dan Lambert even went, uh, oh, he did. On it. Yeah. Uh, and he's for real about it. Oh, that I know. Too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Donald Trump holds, fucking uh, holds fucking fundraisers at American Top Team with Jorge Masvidal. So don't forget that. Oh uh, yeah. Well, you know, they're they're good thinkers. All right. Um Yeah, obviously. <laughs> so But what yes. do you, you think of Orange oh, Cassidy winning with a body slam God. over all ego? Perfect. This is how when we say you tell a story in there, like this made it a spectacle. And as we've said, we love spectacles. And so like it just it made it feel bigger from him holding him up in the uh you know the razor's edge and him trying to put his hands in his pockets and him ripping him out and putting him back in like everything here was done great and and shout out to ethan page i mean he knew how to work as the big man here oh he's great yeah uh, it was so great i want to shout out at devil vamp on twitter by the way use hashtag tweet the table on twitter and we'll read them right here like we're doing with at devil vamp says orange cassidy might be the most underrated wrestler of all time hashtag for real hashtag tweet the table hashtag forbidden door i mean whew, i would have to start making a list i don't know that i can speak to it off the top of my head of who who's the most underrated wrestlers of all time but i mean he's However, gonna be in that list of a yeah, few right i will say he did win a match where the crowd cheered and it was with a body slam in 2022 yes, right? so 
You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the other thing I started to see, like, this is where people, I think, you know, we're all in the age of hot takes, right? Everyone has a podcast. We've been doing it close to nine years. Everyone else has been doing it, you know, for a number of years as well. So we always have to analyze and, and get really deep with what we're seeing and stuff. Like this alone was a very fun matchup. It has nothing to do with like, is Ethan Page now going to start losing on dark? Is Ethan Page just getting lost in the shuffle? It's like, no, he provided a very entertaining match with Orange Cassidy that got the crowd hyped to start blood and guts like that. They'd all hit their marks here. We don't have to do this super analyzing of like, so what does this mean? A Scorpio sky just going to break off from American top team. Cause he's obviously a better than I, Ethan page. I think what this means is Ethan page can help get your stars more over. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, he's the one who sold for this. He's the one who looked like he was going to beat his ass and was making fun of him. Like he was the bully and he played it to perfection here. Yeah. Did awesome. Now I will say, even though I just said all of those things like, Hey, stop analyzing Ethan pages, losses and things like that. I will say on the other side of the coin, it would be nice to see Ethan page, get some more victories on dynamite. I know he gets them on dark and yeah. elevation, but I'm saying on the TV. I proper, mean, we've said this, like he can do all the things, right? Like, I mean, he's good on the mic. And he does. He can work all these different styles. You don't, want to like this guy when he's trying to be a heel like he's another one who like we like the heels you know what i mean like we like the mm -hmm. heels and, and we kind of grin and we kind of secretly root for the heels and things but like these are the guys the good heels are the ones that make it hard to do right where you're yeah. like i don't really like that guy i kind of want to punch his face right mm -hmm. and then credit to him yeah and credit to him because you know at least if you listen to this podcast when he debuted as the joker in that ladder match we're like really that's who it was yeah. mm -hmm. and we're kind of down on him but through perseverance of just telling good stories with uh christian cage staying or not christian cage excuse me darby allen uh staying and all of those people now he's like yeah i, I could see him in a feud with anyone hangman adam page again i think that kind of devalues hangman as far as like he needs to go back up, but still, they would tell a good story. Well, yeah, but together. I think, I mean, if we were to get Ethan Page on the road back up, he's one who could handle that Definitely. story well, yes. All right, so now let's get into what I thought was the most shocking moment of the entire weekend. More than Claudio debuting in AEW. Mm -hmm. In the next segment, we had Christian Cage cutting a promo, and he cuts deeper than deep with, I wish your whole family was dead. Mm -hmm jungle boy and then comes out at the very end going so i requested a match and you might be wondering why i'm dressed like this the match wasn't for me and we get dinosaur kane coming out luchasaurus the dark dinosaur the dark dinosaur the darkosaur <laughs> <laughs> this was a curveball was yeah. it not it, no, it definitely was a curveball because I thought we were going to get more of the like conflicting trying to convince no. him, but no, we didn't get to see that. So maybe we get that revealed down the road. But he's already gone to the dark side where we got him. A, you know, we spray painted his mask. We got him some black, you know, pants. We got him fire when he walks out. All this stuff. Yeah, um, love this and Christian. Okay, so you addressed this last thing you were like man i think he unloaded the gun too soon with the I mean, you know, yeah. father's dead thing and i was listening to uh uh busted open radio and it, it was bully ray talking and bully ray 
brought me to the light. I'm going to say this because he was th- they were talking about how great Christian is, right? And he was oh, like, of course. he was like, he was like, don't think that like Christian, like he was like, what's next? Like he's like, you're gonna see. He was like, Christian will have something worse for the very next episode. <laughs> and he was like, this is nothing new to Christian. And yeah, and they brought true. this kind of what I said here about like Ethan Page having this ability to do this. So he brought up the fact that like if MJF is off TV and you need a heel who will go out there and just say the worst of the things, he's like, Christian Cage is that guy in AEW. And he was like, and Christian Cage just now got Jungle Boy over, maybe even getting him over more than he's been, and he's not even in the fucking building. Right? Yeah. Like he's just – Christian is the guy also where, again – love him i've loved christian i think i've sung christian's praises since we started this podcast but in these moments you're like fuck that guy <laughs> you know what i mean he makes it so hard you're like fuck his skinny turtleneck ass don't say that mm-hmm. shit right like yeah. so you wish his whole family was dead um, well except for great. his mom except for his mom and then does the call <laughs> christian is so great christian dickhead. christian might be my most underrated wrestler of all time, which is hard to say because he's won a couple titles and stuff like that. Right. So maybe that, but still. you know, when you start ranking what means underrated, but like for somebody who I think is underrated, even like I, I would have given the title to Christian 14 times. You know what I mean? Like he's just such a great heel, especially as the heel, right? Um, and I'm excited for this. I'm excited for the Darkosaurus that we've got, right? Like the shock was like, because even when he said it wasn't for me, I was like, who, who right i was like yeah. jungle boy's yeah, not wrestling as far as i thought i think he's injured right slightly like for a short period so i was like they're gonna put him in a match if he was here he would have came out bum rushing already so i'm like i'm trying to go through the mental gymnastics and then and then it's the dark the dark darkosaurus rex or whatever we're gonna call him yeah, love, it. Dinosaur <laughs> love it yes love it um excited to see well, where and we here's go. the other thing it's a win-win for luchasaurus because either he comes out as filling the void of what Wardlow was where it's this dastardly heel. Who's going to kick everyone's ass and kind of like a hired gun, or we're going to get the reconciliation of Luchasaurus and jungle boy. And then that's going to be awesome. And give them another, another title run because you know, they could always use that. So like he's in a win-win position here by instantly going. Oh yeah. It was perfect. Yeah. Yeah, Because that's the thing is like this feud is, Christian Cage, the antagonist, mm-hmm. Jungle Boy, the protagonist. That leaves Jung- uh, Luchasaurus out, right? And that sucks because he's a big bastard that could beat the shit out of Christian, so we think, right? So he can't really be also a good guy being like, fuck you, because then you have two on one, and that's not what the story is. So right. instantly flipping him as his diesel right now to to the Shawn Michaels that turn of comes- Christian Cage. But when that turn comes and you hope, at least for me, that I hope him and Jungle Boy get back together. Oh, that's, I mean, we're all, yeah. I mean, we might cry. We that might, might be cry. Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth because uh, they're so great together. Theo in the Twitch chat, follow us on Twitch, says that Christian Cage promo reminded us of how he does not like us peeps. Yeah. I mean, he likes one. Jungle Boy's mom. Boy's mom. Yeah. So here's the question for you. I mean, honestly, she should call him. For her son's sake. For Christ's I mean, sake, you know what I mean? rich, right? Well, yeah, and look, you don't want him to kill your son, so call well, right. him. Call the right. guy. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? Well, he's been around the world. Well, he may know a thing or two. You know what I mean? Yeah, so here's the question for you. <laughs> Last he might have traveled in- with Ric Flair. I'm sure he gave him some tips. Easy. 
So last week, Christian, when he Just was being tip. choked, when he was being choked, <laughs> yes. um, mentions Marco Stunt. This week, Luchasaurus instantly goes heel, beats up on Serpentico, who's Marco Stunt just a little taller. So do you think we see Marco Stunt in a one-off appearance? Maybe. Uh, but I love that Serpentico is about shitting his pants once he realized <laughs> that it was By the way, Luchasaurus. did you see his record? Did no, you see huh? his record? It was 13 and 83. <laughs> There's no way he's actually had that many matches and fucking. I think so. But like, why do you gotta post that for the poor guy? Yeah, can't you do the like this year record? Yeah, just but thirteen and eighty three. But I love that. Like, I'm you know, because that was real too, right? He was like, wait a minute, I thought this was Christian. I'm not fighting that fucking guy. Like, look at him. Fuck. Why is his mask black? Fuck. He's gonna kill me. Yeah, thought it was great. Perfect segment. I thought it was the, you know, again, blood and guts was the moment of the night, but this was the the swerve of the weekend. It was the a spectacle week. It was a spectacle of the weekend for sure. Mm-hmm. And we love spectacles. And we do love spectacles. Let's get to another one. We had Max Caster and the gun club walking out. Max Caster, a little bit of a tune change here where he's not playing fun. Hey, we're calling them the ass boys. He almost sympathizes now with the gun club being called the ass boys. And he's like, you're not going to call him that. His first off, his rap was amazing. He points out the Flint water. Mm, yeah. He points out uh, so that's, many things. That's that towing the line where you're like, Ooh, man, was that kind of, <laughs> well, and he even said, he's like, I think he said it on his Instagram story, but he's like, don't be mad at me that your government failed you. <laughs> like I'm just yeah. saying what happened. Right. You know? But so yeah, it's kind of like the Epstein didn't kill himself statement. It's like, yeah, everybody knows. But it's right. to like remind you, like, hey, fucking. So, like, mm-hmm. yeah, bringing light to the Flint thing is now not like shitting on the people of Flint and saying, like, hey, you fuckers are still fucking them over. Yeah, exactly. Fuckers? So, we get Max Caster and the Gun Club coming out with Anthony Bowen, which I mentioned is not hurt, but at the time looked like it was, uh, and Billy Gunn taking on Danhausen and a mystery team. And Danhausen, again, it's the details that makes it great. And for him to come out, and he's like, so I guess I guess I got to do this. And uh, AEW got me. Uh, I found a team. They're an AEW team. Here they are. And yeah. it's fucking FTR. Well, he's like, I think they're kind of good at wrestling. Yeah, I think they're. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Everyone should be loving me. But yeah, right. these guys are cool too. I heard they're pretty good um, tag team wrestling. <laughs> they come yeah. out with their six belts, and the crowd went nuts. And Dan Housen is so fun, man. And he's another one who, much like Orange Cassidy, can just have the crowd eating out of the palm of his hand. Oh yeah. And that was the other line that made me pop is uh, when Max Caster said, how are you going to uh, cheer for a white guy doing white face? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After he called him a juggalo. <laughs> yeah. You can cheer for a white guy doing white face. Yeah. Max Caster. And that's again, that's why I think they need to at least take the ring of honor championships when ftr decides to you know relinquish all these belts um but what we get here is uh anthony bowen comes in he's not hurt he has his crutch he goes to hit uh danhausen danhausen curses him which then obviously fucks him because then he misses danhausen hits uh uh ass boy two mm-hmm. ass boy two falls down that's the taller one right ass boy sure. two. yeah i don't know um and Danhausen and uh uh FTR get the victory here 
But then post-match, there's a little dissension, and Billy Gunn turns heel on his sons. I mean, I, I think this one, I think we might get a little more longer play out, right? I think that's where it's going. Um, but I don't know if the crowd's going to let him. I think it's, I think the ass boys might be the heels to start this, right? They need a lot more work if they're going to do it the other way around, which they should, but. Eh. I really think, honestly, again, Claudio kind of screwed the narrative here, but. Blackpool Combat Club needs a tag team. It's not like you can't get too big because they're not the NWO. Just so there's say, that. All right. So have yes. Brian Danielson just be like, hey, so I saw your dad doesn't like you. You want to learn how to really fight? Come with some men over here. Your dad was never that tough. And yeah. then the he was always kind of a dick club. to us, right? Yeah, like exactly. Like because you, you know they all the- fucking you know what I mean. Yeah. Like we remember him for training and shit. Like he fucking. Well, and we, he we could, could make it easily say, like, what, what, you're going to win matches with the famouser? Yeah. Like, let's teach you some real wrestling moves. And so then that's like, it, right? So, yes, he he kind of does this thing, like, kind of basically tells them to kick rocks. Like, I'm gonna, these guys got more future ahead of them. Like, you guys, fuck off. And they're like, yeah, fuck you, right? But, like, they're, you know, so they're down the dumps. We get the acclaimed and whatever to kind of go on. Crowd's still going to love them and daddy ass and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the Blackpool Comeback Club comes around like some groomers. And they're like, hey, listen even better than brian danielson have william regal walk up hey i know your dad i wrestled your dad Mm -hmm. yeah there he's not going he's not going to show you anything here's the thing he was just like you he didn't know shit the problem is he never learned shit but you can be different you can show him a better way and then william you just like follow us man like look what i'm doing yeah, and as the as they're kind of like, all right, okay, maybe then then that's where you have like Moxley and Daniel Bryan just come out from behind and just choke them out, and then like you know what I mean? Then all of a sudden they're in the group. <laughs> well, then they do a tag match, right? It's Moxley and Danielson. They beat the shit out of them. Then they do a singles match with Ass Boy One versus Yuta, loses again, and then they realize, and then the entire time William Regal's like, "Hey, you're doing fine." And then Billy Gunn can come in. I was like, "Hey, what are you doing?" And they're like, shut up, go with go with your acclaim pals. The, yeah. This doesn't concern go you. Go dance and sing and do raps. That's what all you ever did anyway. Yeah, here's We're learning violence. Oh, they just throw them some scissors and walk away. Just well, you shouldn't throw scissors, yeah. but you know what I'm right. saying? Like toss hands them some scissors. And then T- TBS you, is not gonna allow this. <laughs> <laughs> but then you get combat uh, the, the Blackpool Combat Club, gun club, saying we're going after the, the fun shucking and jiving acclaim guys and then we got some fun stuff william regal in one corner billy gunn in another and the other thing one one more thing i want to say though is eventually because we got this weird thing with like brian danielson admitting that he is a heel walking out of the heel tunnel but then yuda and claudia walking out of the babyface tunnel and then moxley coming through the crowd because he's just moxley you know i think eventually even though that is a fun dynamic i think eventually William Regal needs to take the helm of this group and say, like, we're all going evil. Like, the way to do this is the way Brian Danielson does it. So we're all, you know, and that's where William Regal can get into the gun club's ear to the point where Billy Gunn's like, no, 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 they're my boys, right? Like, I love them. They're coming home with me. And then we get the, we get another sentimental hug moment right like, no that's when we actually get the turn to the ass boys they're not you they're not you know what i mean they're not the blackpool combat club they're not the gun no, club not the gun club 
Yeah. They're the ass boys. I'm daddy ass. I'm here to get my ass boys. <laughs> exactly. That's what you do. That is perfect. That is exactly what you do. All right, let's get back into. That would be a uh, spectacle, goddammit. <laughs> it will be a spectacle. Let's get back into another spectacle. Must see TV. I think I say this every time on Twitter when she comes in. Uh, but we had a TBS championship match on TBS, which was great. Uh, but we had champion Jade Cargill, who is money. God. Taking so on Layla Gray. This was essentially one-way traffic here. Jade Cargill wins. But then Stokely Hathaway. Now, I want to ask you one thing. He said, we issued an open challenge. And we had one girl who doesn't even get a W-2 here trying to sign the form. But you know who didn't? Athena and Chris Statland. My question to you is that girl that doesn't have the W-2 that was trying to sign the uh, open challenge was that Sasha Banks? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. I think that might be where. I don't want that. I don't want that either. <laughs> um, unless, unless Jade just like demolishes her, that would be perfect. Yeah, well, they're not going to do that. Um, oh, Tim, they are going to. So they're not the going to do that. No, but the thing at the end here is is what starts happening i forget who's um uh why the baddies are getting attacked here at the end of this right no 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 no. um stokely hathaway and jade cargill grab the mic jade cargill's like stokely find me some real competition then stokely hathaway cuts the promo chris girls come out right and athena Mm -hmm. run out and then layla gray says no 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 i'm like a blackpool combat club kind of initiation yeah. well I'm they, they alluded like stokely picked her up and said something to her right yeah and no, then you got to get in here this yeah. is your opportunity she, all right. right cool but i like that so, even so jade nice. was like bitch don't fucking yeah, nah. you know what i mean like get nah, miss me with that it's like shooing her away like fuck that so i like this too that like that whoever she's got with her it's smart mark sterling or it's Stokely, is that like she still is like, you're an idiot. <laughs> like she's like, I'm the, what the fuck yeah. are you doing? Like you gotta ask me this shit, you dumbass, right? Like, yeah. And keeps like fucking like Jesus Christ, I gotta deal with these morons. <laughs> like everywhere she goes, that's another great little aspect. Like with the Tony, cut the shit. Like like everybody's an idiot. Like fucking. Well, get yeah, because she's life. the star, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not. We're not getting Stokely Hathaway over in this story. It's Jade Cargill is making sure. Yeah, Stokely can say his fun little one-liners and come to Jesus and all those fun little, uh, you know, uh, yeah. lines that he says. But the story is me. Now, Tim, I did just convince myself though. They keep showing the thirty-six and zero, forty and zero. It's going to get to, and. And it's going to be Sasha Banks who breaks. Which will be Mercedes, whatever. Her Mercedes, name is, right? yeah. And it's going to be her that mm-hmm. I I might puke in my mouth if that happens, Tim. Yeah, and then she'll be holding the. Yep. And she'd do it too. She, I think she she likes wrestling, so she's not the type to just be like, I demand the world title right away. Like, you know oh. what I mean? So it'll be. No, well, yeah, but then she's also going to be like, and then I want to take the title over to stardom because oh. I want to wrestle in Tokyo. And Tony Khan's like, okay, great, let's do that. And then, how does she fail forward in life and everything? God, really? <laughs> a talentless hack is going to beat my princess Jade Cargill. 
hate this. I mean, I if like you're it. thinking about who is a big enough name to beat Jade Cargill, it doesn't exist in AEW right now. So, unfortunately, it would have to be one of these multi-time champions that only would come from WWE. So, if it's not her, it would be a Charlotte Flair, which, I mean, that yeah. relationship could always go sour in the same way this one did. Oh, and uh, look, she's married to Andrade, so she might want to yeah. go hang out with her husband. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I mean, like, you know what I mean? It would take somebody to that level. Honestly, I, I mean, uh, like, I don't, if it's not one of those four horsewomen, right? Like, I, I don't know who it could be the way you've built Jade Cargill right now. And I will say, look, I don't mean that uh, Sasha Banks is a talentless hack. All of her matches are fantastic. Sure. I just don't like her. She is, she is repulsive i also think she's not like i think this is an even matchup here because i think jade cargill's still learning the ropes and i think sasha banks has always been better than average but not by a whole lot right right and well, on and the jade mic cargill, less like i think she's below average oh yeah yeah well jade cargill in a promo battle with sasha banks is going to destroy her the floor yeah she is now, everything sasha banks has tried to be in her career i've said that I yeah. said that on her Twitter <laughs> yeah. is Jade Cargill is what Sasha Banks wishes she was. The, the other thing though, is because of how powerful she is and Sasha does do a great job of selling. This will be fun with Jade Cargill throwing her around from the second rope, top rope, whatever it is. Uh, it'll be a fun matchup, but I think that's, what's going to happen. I don't think it'll be Athena. I don't think it'll be Statlander. I think something happens between those two to where the end yeah. fighting creates that story. Good. Right. Yeah. Well, Theo in the Twitch chat says when Sasha returns, she will be jobbed out the rest of the year. Well, that's if she goes WWE, and I'd be fine with that too. But that's I don't I don't know if that's what we're getting from the way it's sounding now. Be, like, I would be so happy if she went back to WWE. Here's the thing. One thing that I get very tired of um, is I watch these wrestling YouTube channels because I don't follow WWE, but I just want to keep my ear to it because if something crazy does happen, Vince leaves the company. I want to then tune back in and know what's going on. Right. right. But then before that, they always have the news, you know, uh, I'm tired of people like this is a confusing story. Now, uh, Sasha Banks may still be in play. It's going to happen one way or the other. Just just watch TV. You're either going to see her in AEW or you're going to see her back in WWE. You don't need to know. You don't. You don't need to know. Yeah, just you will know her. eventually. You, don't you will know. know. It, it's yeah. going to happen. Right. Something's going to happen. Just be surprised. Or it doesn't, like you said, and she goes, starts being like, I can do, you know, Tyler Perry movies and shit. It's like, yeah. all right, we'll fucking go do that. Go into that Disney thing that yeah. she did. Wasn't she in Disney something? Star know. Wars? Yeah, something. Um, yeah, go do that. I don't care. Yeah. But I mean, you're a great actress. <laughs> all right, never mind. Just don't beat Jade Cargill, which you probably will do. But Jade Cargill is our queen at the Spanish announce table. She always has a seat at the Spanish announce table because we praise be to jade cargill i don't know why i'm turning this into a sermon yeah, but right. jade cargill is our is our champion we got we got a few uh certified g's here at the spanish announce table eddie kingston hangman and page and jade cargill or just to name a theo couple 75 theo x 75 on the twitch again says yeah jade cargill is the blueprint oh yeah she's yeah. the best i just think she's great yeah she is i mean yeah, she there's plays nothing the, bad about it. So she plays the big man role perfectly. Um, mm -hmm. She's doing it great. Has picked it up with Kurt level or Kurt Angle level swiftness, right? Yep. I just is 
embodies the character perfectly like we said everything sasha banks was supposed to be with the boss and the mm-hmm. fucking you can't touch me what the fuck are you gonna do about it is jade cargill and it comes across as real like it, she's probably not that way in real life and i would be shocked because i'm like god damn <laughs> she's the fucking you know what i mean like yeah. she's the queen like you said yeah she 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 can i assume she's a very pleasant person to be around but this isn't too far away from if you took her parking spot you know what i mean like this is who you'd see and tell me you wouldn't be intimidated if jade cargo rolls out like motherfucker you stole my parking spot you'd be like listen i'm i'm getting out now i was was making sure it was yeah i was making sure there wasn't a bomb in it for you i'm gonna yeah Yeah. you want my car here's my wallet whatever what's your fucking car nerd (laughs) sorry ma'am sorry i'm an idiot sorry Sorry. (laughs) i'll buy your groceries sorry how do you have that many abs i'm sorry god i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry Yeah, she's the best. So yeah. that was blood and guts. Cause then again, the main event is what we talked about. The main event of uh, JAS versus Blackpool combat club, Santana Ortiz and the man, Eddie Kingston, which what other point I want to bring up. John Moxley's your interim champion, but he still is your champion, right? With CM Punk's broken foot. The guy that was getting the cheers. It wasn't Moxley. I mean, it was, but like, it wasn't Moxley. It wasn't Jericho. It wasn't Sammy. It wasn't uh, Santana Ortiz. It was Eddie. They were chanting Eddie Mm -hmm. Kingston. Yeah. And this is kind of, you said we could lead into this. I mean, I don't know how long Punk is out, but it could be as simple as Moxley's interim champion. You run this thing with the Claudio Eddie thing. That starts to break apart the relationship after Eddie conquers Claudio, which I would have him do Mm -hmm. here. Then you go after Moxley. And I mean, then you've got a shot where. Kingston could actually oh. hold a title victory but and then him this. up against Punk for the... That's the thing. That's the... Right? So then you have dissension with the Blackpool Combat Club. Because if you want to keep Moxley the, the pseudo baby face, you could have Danielson and Claudio kick him out of the group, right? And then they become wrestling purists. That would be what costs Moxley the championship to Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston's like, I'm the everyman. Look at me. I'm sitting on top of my throne. This is the greatest day of my life. And then the number one person that he hates more than anyone in AEW just comes back out and was like, Hey pal. And he's like, motherfucker. Yeah. Great <laughs> and that's title the there. <laughs> yeah. Like, fuck. Like, yeah. The, as he's holding it high, just victorious. Like, Oh, I did it. I finally did it. Then the fucking CM Punk music hits, and he's just like, I'm going to fucking kill him. I'm going to fucking kill him. And they just start on site, just fucking, oh, oh could be great. And, that, and you don't have to do much, right? You just have to do, remember what they said, and they still feel the same way. We're going to do it title for title. And there you go. That's that's how I'm writing it. That's what you do. Eddie Kingston hey, for president. We, God damn it. Tony Khan, I know you're watching, and I know you yeah. listen back later. You watch and then yes. listen later as well. You should hire us. I think you should hire out. us, but yeah. but honest to God, uh, Tony, you should hire a new production crew before us. We will definitely help you, but you're doing great. Uh, but your production crew is the shits. We'll only accept the offer if you, if yeah, you, uh, yeah. If you let we'll us hire a production crew for you. Yeah, you <laughs> right. get rid of your producers and your camera guys and girls, uh, and then we'll put in a new crew to help you know take that to the next level. And then we'll take the job. Then yeah, we'll only do it for $400,000 a year. You know what I mean? Oh, I'll do it for a fucking dollar. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Speaking of, send us a dollar. Table show. Spanish announce table. Hey, you want a storyline from the Spanish announce table? Send us a dollar. We might write one for you. Or do a video. Yeah. If you want any kind of TMAC story time, Tim story time, collaboration story time, give us the parameters. Give us the list of items. We'll do a YouTube video for us. Donate a dollar and you'll get that. We'll send it directly to you first. And then we'll put it on our YouTube channel. We'll credit you for coming up with the items that we talked about. There you go. Love it. All right, two things on the WWE side that we're going to discuss. It was going to be one thing, uh, but a second thing happened today that I want to bring up. Oh, okay. News comes out. Logan Paul has signed a multi-event contract with WWE. So, I think we addressed this before. WWE has started to show that, like, they're heavily reliant on the stars and they don't know how to make them anymore. Nope. So I feel like you've got to go this pro wrestling with the stars route where you've got the ready-made star, you know, he can talk shit. He can hold his own on some promos. He's, you know, at least an above average athlete. You know what I mean? Like, and if you train him up and do whatever, and like, he's got a huge following of people that don't watch wrestling. So Mm -hmm. now they might, I mean, I'm sure if he brings, some of those people, he's worth everything they throw at him. Definitely. And this is no indictment of him. This is this feels very much like the CM Punk uh, to UFC. Remember how mm-hmm. we were like, hey, if it's your dream to be the starting pitcher for the you know local baseball team, and they say you want to do it for a lot of money, you're going to say yes. You know, obviously CM Punk wanted to fight. The UFC said, here's a lot of money. He's going to say yes. He failed, unfortunately, but he did it, right? Logan Paul did the SummerSlam match. He's obviously a wrestling fan. He sees the opportunity. I think he is actually somewhat of like an enthusiast of Mm -hmm. the pro wrestling genre. So he's going to do it. And like you said, WWE is now in this mode of, well, Pat McAfee's famous and he likes pro wrestling. So put him in a match. Well, Logan Paul's famous and he likes wrestling. Put him in a match. And that's, yeah, Bad Bunny's uh, famous and he likes wrestling. Put him in a match. Pro wrestling with the stars. Yeah, I mean, like, wrestling with the stars with Roman Reigns at top. Yeah, that's what they're doing. I mean, and look, hey, if it works, it works. Whatever. Uh, at Theo X seventy five again on the Twitch says, "Hello, Logan Paul, my new bathroom break." Until the Apex bathroom break, Randy Orton returns. I mean, <laughs> I don't think that Logan Paul is going to tell any story that I'm going to have to watch. Hold on, Logan Paul against an annoyed uh, Randy Orton. <laughs> Like, oh, that's good. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. yeah. Like Randy Orton's like, I'm sorry, who the fuck are you? You'd be like, I'm on the YouTube. Dream. Like, I'd be like, I'm a YouTuber and be like, you, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, just Randy Orton being like, no, this is not okay. <laughs> the dream match for a Logan Paul type would either be John Moxley or Minoru Suzuki. They're mm. like, we're going to kill you. Yo, like, this gosh. is, you know what I mean? Like, that would be the dream. But yeah. Uh, a Randy Orton who's like, I don't respect you. This is where I cut my teeth. You are going to get it, and you're going to get it in about 20 minutes, and I'm going to kick mm-hmm. your ass, right? Like yeah. that would be perfect. Um, who Theo, if you're still on the Twitch, who are you taking in that? Apex or New Bathroom? He's not even. Huh? Yeah, he's not even watching this thing. Yeah. He's turning the TV off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Logan Paul, I don't think he's going to be on TV week in, week out. He'll do the Brock Lesnar schedule where he's on three consecutive weeks before the pay-per-view. He loses or wins, goes away, comes back. You know, they figured out a formula that works for them. 
Not for me, but for them. Theo responded. He said, I'll be in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Duh. All right. The other WWE topic that we have to discuss, and it's about okay. Raw. It was John Cena Love Fest. And at Katie First Lady on the Twitter says, did the Street Profits forget that Cena lost to the Bloodline as well, or are we just going to ignore that? Hashtag WWE Raw, hashtag Tweet the Table. And yeah, this was a Cena fest. Cena's giving advice to the Street Profits, and they asked for it, but yet, why? I mean, why did they ask for it? The guy who lost to the same people they lost to, but I mean, this was all, let's go Cena, and I guess Cena hints at, like, he's going to do the schedule as well, right? He'll be around maybe for a couple matches here and there and another feud or two. And, yeah, I mean, look, Cena like- is. Look, if we're being honest and we go back and we run like a who are the greatest wrestlers of all time from start to finish, Cena, if you look at accomplishments, look at things he's done, look at what he can do, is somewhere in a high range of that list, right? Everybody enumerates it differently, but like, I mean, he's one of the greatest of all time to do this. He's, he's top 50. He's, yeah, he's somewhere in the top 57. So, <laughs> but, um, and yes, like absence makes the heart grow fonder in some instances, but I'm just, I'm not ready to do this again because I, we have seen every single John Cena rivalry match promo story ever. If he's going to do anything, I, I, even if it's the, a part-timer schedule, can you give me a different wrinkle to the character? Well. Like you've made enough wishes now. Right, more than everybody in history combined, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you've done it. Yeah, I know you had convictions and wanted to be that, and you were that, but now you don't have to be that anymore, right? Like, well, he's got one story different. to tell. Uh-oh. He's got one story to tell, and I understand he's been putting over the uh, the top guys, right? He lost to Roman Reigns, things like that. But the the thing he has to do, I think, in his checkbox of completing yeah. the John Cena story is who's the future. And I think if you follow social media, which I see, you know, consistently it's Austin theory, it's John Cena puts over Austin theory, which then gets him in the realm of Cody, Seth Rollins, maybe Roman Reigns, like that echelon. That's what he has to do. And that's fine. Right? Like I don't hate that idea that John Cena is going to lose to a future star. Right. Totally fine. My issue with monday night raw which caught the highlights is the anti-aws what i thought where with the details mattering in aw right eddie kingston doesn't like claudio so he's not going to be happy the first time he sees him now he puts bygones aside when they get to the match but fuck that guy until that time right we see you know stokely hathaway mentioning details about stories that will involve Jade Cargill maybe down the line or in the future, you know, immediately. Right. But WWE John Cena comes out. I saw a picture of this and I almost punched my phone. John Cena comes out and they have a fucking parade of, of wrestlers standing on the side of them. You know, who's in it. You know, who's in that, in the parade. Everybody's the Usos. Yeah. Yeah. The Usos. Why would the Usos yeah. be in that line? Mm-hmm. I get, I saw the first one where it's a Dolph Ziggler, it's a Miz, right? Where it's like old, bitter rivals, but tonight we'll put it aside. Those things I can forgive. But when it was at SummerSlam Mm -hmm. last year, 
that the Usos and Roman Reigns were saying this guy's the worst person in the world. And then now they're like this. Yeah. Like there's a, there's one part of like when real things happen, nine 11, a wrestler passing away, things like that, where you're like, Hey, we're breaking kayfabe here. We're all mourning or celebrate, whatever it is, this, this thing. But this is John Cena, the wrestler here. This wasn't John Cena. You know, he goes by his name. So it's, you know, it's hard to distinguish the two, but like, this isn't the real John Cena. This is still pro wrestling John Cena. And so for the Usos to be like, yeah, the only one that did great here was Becky Lynch. Did you catch Becky Lynch? That's the only one who did her part as she should. Seth Rollins, to his credit, uh, do, does the laugh like the John Cena song? He's mm-hmm. ha ha ha. Like those two committed to being pro wrestlers, and everyone else, I just walked to the ocean. You guys mm-hmm. were miserable. Yeah, I hated miserable. that. I did see that, and that was terrible. Um, it was neat that AW gave the you know uh, ability for oh. the guys to do the videos and whatnot. Yeah, as they should. That that that's again Tony Khan being a wrestling fan and saying like, no, it makes sense that big show who john cena beat at his first wrestlemania uh daniel bryan who's brian daniels but daniel bryan who had that amazing story with the championship um you know who else chris jericho who's Mm -hmm. one of the early feuds for john cena would be a part of this right like he's not a dickhead who you know raped referees in the 1980s allegedly uh pulling bullshit power moves so credit to tony khan and fuck vince yeah. Um, Theo said, I was glad Cena came back on Raw. I had a case of pent-up booze to throw at him. Uh, and he also said, I'll pay to see Minoru Suzuki powerbomb Logan Paul into a dumpster full of CFL tube bulbs. Jeez, I like that. So here's my theory, too, about John Cena. Is the cheers? Tell me what you think about this. I think the cheers are just leftover fans. So I think John Cena, at his apex when it was let's go Cena, Cena sucks. The Cena sucks people, in my opinion, have either left pro wrestling as like an interest or they found the GCW, AW, right. maybe even Impacts, yeah. right? And they're not going to the WWE shows anymore. But then those kids that were doing the let's go Cena now are adults and have maybe kids of their own. And so it's, hey, that was my favorite as a kid. Johnny, let's go cheer for John Cena. Mm-hmm. Yay. And it's all those people now. It's no longer like you pushed out the Cena yeah. sucks people to AEW and all these other right. places. Yeah. No, and I agree with you. And I think like I just that's where it, it doesn't even feel real to me anymore. When we say we're like, why are you why are people still liking this? And I just I think it's people that we just we can't conceive of thinking the same way these folks do that sit there and watch this and, and cheer for this. WWE now is indicative of everything Cena was, right? It's just, it's like, no, we do this because you guys like this, right? Look, look at it. It's all colorful and bright and you like it. We're like, I mean, do do we like it? They're like, you like it. And it just, it's bad. It's bad. Yeah, it's it's force-fed entertainment. It's It feels not horrible, so I don't necessarily feel like I hate this. But I don't feel like I have to watch next week, but it's muscle memory at this point. So I guess let's go, Cena. Like, that's how I feel. It's just mind numbing sheep that go to yep. these shows and watch this product. Yeah. Well, 
All right. I mean, that was all I had. I don't know. <laughs> we can end the show there, right? I mean, it's not the spectacle that AEW is. And the, spectacles. Yeah, the spectacle <laughs> of entertainment that AEW provides is fantastic. By the way, another thing that is fantastic is Central States Wrestling. Again, come out to their next show, which will feature Brock Anderson, uh, Ace Steel, and the legendary Four Horsemen himself, the Enforcer. Who? Arn Anderson. Let me tell you why this is important if you're in the Kansas City area. Aside from just seeing Arn Anderson and a horseman and, and, and Central States Wrestling is great and all the folks there are great. Um, but the reason that you should attend this event live because it there will be tension in the air, right? There will be an anxiety in the air because everybody should know Arn, he's got that thing on him. And you never know when that could come out, right? So who the fuck knows what's going to happen on August 25th in, in Kansas City, the August 27th, the Campbell yep. Ballroom. Um, we'll discuss that next week, hopefully, here with our special guests. So stay tuned to our social medias for that. And check us out, SpanishDownsTable.net, to find all the links to those social medias, to donate money to us, uh, you know, and just look around. Right? And then other than that, we'll be back next week for more of Pro Wrestling's Best Podcast. The Spanish Announce Table.